Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and Ajari Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Casey, I'll tell you what. Going off, uh, going on about four hours of sleep right now. Compliments of my Murray State Racers, but you know what? When you get the dub, it's worth it. When you get the dub, y- you find some audible Red Bull, you keep going, you keep driving through, and you get ready for the weekend. And that's where I'm at right now. What's up, everybody? Austin Lane, Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. We're going to have Brett Martin here in a little bit. Casey pushing all the right buttons. And I get it. The NCAA tournament's going on. There's some upsets. There's some brackets busted. But no matter how another uh, sport tries to overtake the NFL, the NFL always finds ways to be the top of the headlines. The NFL always finds ways to be the trending topic. And that was the case once again last night. I don't care about the upsets. What I care about is Devontae Adams. Now, first of all, let me go and pour one out for all my homies back home in Wisconsin because the group texts were extra lit last night. People are confused. People are shocked in Green Bay. They are frustrated. They don't know what's going on. Um, What a better way to to, to really break in St. Patrick's Day of all the drinking in Wisconsin as to have, hey, Devontae Adams, we'll see you later. And to me, you know, and Brent brought this question up on Twitter, uh, I believe, last night, too, and we'll get into that a little bit later on the show. You know, for what you gave for Devontae Adams, essentially, you know, a a pick around the 20th, whatever that is, um, a first-round pick, obviously you're taking on a brand-new contract. He's the highest-paid wide receiver in the NFL, which he should be. But, man, you want to talk about the Raiders. You want to talk about the AFC West absolutely loading up in terms of, of talent. This is the latest example. Now, Devontae Adams has had history with Derek Carr before. Obviously, they played the same college together. So it did make sense. And rumors and speculation are saying that Green Bay did indeed try to match that contract that the, the Las Vegas Raiders offered him, but he wasn't having it. He was out. So now there's just, there's just so many questions in terms of what's going to happen with Green Bay now. Like Aaron Rodgers says that he knew about Devontae was leaving. But if that's the case, then what did they say to Aaron Rodgers to make him stay? Casey, could you ever in your wildest dreams think that Devontae Adams essentially getting traded away for a first-round pick? And, and not even a top-ten pick, but a first-round pick, and now he's gone? Yeah, it's a crazy situation, without a doubt. I mean... Aaron Rodgers, man. I, I don't get it. The whole situation doesn't make any sense to me. It, it makes absolutely zero sense because you talk about a guy in Aaron Rodgers who I thought he was pretty clear that, you know, he wanted to win right now. And Devontae Adams was a big part of that. If you lose arguably, and, you know, I mean, I can say the best receiver, definitely top two. To me, it's between him and Cooper Cup right now. And I don't think anything, anything away from Cooper Cup because he really got his team to the Super Bowl. So it's like 1A, 1B. But nevertheless, I don't know. I, I'm just waiting for that Aaron Rodgers, Pat McAfee interview to come out because I'm very curious to see how Aaron Rodgers is going to respond to this after he just signed his new deal, which it seems like he's he's locked in now. So there's no leaving for Aaron Rodgers. One would think that he's going to have a complete 100% control of how this draft shakes out. But you, what I don't understand is you can't replace Devontae Adams. Like, you... You, you can draft whatever wide receiver you want this year, and he may be the real deal. He may be a pro bowler. He may be an all-pro. But he's not going to replace Devontae Adams this year. 
And if I'm the Green Bay Packers, I think time is of the essence because there is a time frame of how long Rodgers can play. He is up there in age. There is a time frame in terms of how long you can keep some of these guys together because, well, you're fighting the salary cap right now. And to turn around and I get it, you free up some money so now the salary cap looks fine for Green Bay, but you lose your top receiver, Aaron Rodgers' best weapon, man, things got very interesting in Green Bay. And the AFC West just continues to build and build. Is it safe to say, do we just give the AFC West automatic playoff burst? All four of them. I mean, all all four of them. I think so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, mean, the way it's shaping up right now, let's just give four automatic bids, you know. This this can be like uh, the the tournament. Let's give four automatic bids to the AFC West and then let everybody else kind of duke it out. Because... The Raiders, in my opinion, went from, okay, I mean, yeah, they're, they're talented, but can they compete with the Chargers? I don't know. Can they compete with Russell Wilson and the Broncos? Mm, debatable. Can they compete, obviously, with Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs, who've been the, the toast of that division for a while now? Hard to believe. You add Devontae Adams to the mix. You add one of the best wide receivers to the mix. And you, you upgrade your defense. Yeah. I think you, you can probably compete now a little bit. And the cool thing about that is, well, the Jaguars get to play every one of those teams this year, too, if I'm not mistaken. So that's going to be fun, Casey. That's uh, It's going to be a blast in terms of how much this Jaguars defense can handle, number one, but also how much this Jaguars offensive line can handle, number two. Speaking of the Jaguars, uh, we got Darius Williams sound today coming back home. Um, took a little bit of the home team discount. And, you know, w- when you hear all these players at this press conference – they all kind of echo the same thing, where it's almost a privilege to be playing for the Jaguars. Now, if you tell me that last year or the year before that, I would have said, okay, you're crazy. I think a combination has to do with obviously money. Like if you're Christian Kirk and you're making what you're making, and I get it, you have a lot to prove. But yeah, it's a privilege because, well, it's like I always say. It's not about what the money, uh, it's not about how much money you make, it's what the money says. The Jaguars told Christian Kirk, hey man, we really, 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 really want you. We want you over DJ Chark. We want you over Allen Robinson. You're our guy. But I also think there's, a, there's an echo here with Doug Peterson in terms of, I think he has a lot of respect around the league. And I think players are taking note a little bit. Now, is it the end-all, be-all of getting every single free agent here? Well, probably not, right, because Amari Cooper comes to mind. And we may never know what exactly transpired, why he went to Cleveland, um, was Jacksonville even on the table for him, because he probably had a little bit of say of, of where he wanted to go because the Cowboys wanted to do right by him. Nevertheless, though, I think it, it bears mention that I think Doug Peterson, you know, he at least has that respect around the NFL. And to me... You know, when it came to Urban Meyer, I guess I was wrong a little bit. I mean, we were wrong with Urban Meyer on a lot of things. Winning was was probably at the forefront. But I always thought that, you know, Urban Meyer in terms of a winner coming from college, um, you know, Urban Meyer seems to be kind of a a new school thinker. Like, hey, we got to take care of our players, give them the best, give them the best, give them the best. I expected when Urban Meyer came to Jacksonville, not necessarily that players were going to want to play for him, but there would be like a mutual respect where if they would sign a free agent deal, you would hear the verbiage of, yeah, you know, it's, it's an honor to play for Urban Meyer. Um, it's, a, it's an honor to play in Jacksonville. And a lot of that didn't get echoed. 
those sentiments here, though, that tune has changed now, I feel like, with Doug Peterson. Now, winning a Super Bowl has a lot to do with that. Winning a Super Bowl, whether you're a player or a coach, that comes with all the clout, right? Even with Nick Foles. I mean, I get it. Nick Foles, maybe his career's done. Who knows what happens with him? But when he came to Jacksonville, at least I was excited because he had the Super Bowl ring to back it up. I think even from a coach's standpoint, it even means more because you were essentially, you were responsible for how that Super Bowl went down. And you were the underdog of the entire playoff run. So I do think Doug Peterson has earned some respect around the league. Not to say that he's single-handedly recruited guys here to come to Jacksonville, but I think he's done a fantastic job in saying, hey, guys, whatever Meyer had here in the past, that's gone. I know what it takes to win a Super Bowl. We're going to do this thing my way. It's going to take some time. But if you want to play for us, if you want to buy in, we're going to have something special here. And I think in terms of spending, I think in terms of just the comments that, that Doug Peterson's making, and in terms of the transparency a little bit, I think he's hitting on all those avenues right now. Yeah, very good. Hey, welcome aboard on a Friday. Sorry, I had a, a little tough time connecting today Yeah, out by the Gulf of Mexico. You'd think I was in the Gulf of Mexico. <laughs> Um, but uh, it's amazing technology. I did absolutely nothing different than the last two days, but couldn't uh, hook up. So here we are. We're buttoned up. I, I was listening along the way. Of, uh, I agree with you, by the way, what you're saying about Doug Peterson. I think he is uh, what I would call a little bit of a Pied Piper of sorts, right, for this organization. At the moment, I think Trevor Lawrence has a little bit of that in him as well. And uh, these are guys, and, and I think Doug Peterson said this, you know, at the combine, in the po- on the podium, I think it was a Philadelphia writer that asked him about Jacksonville and the perception of Jacksonville. And Doug didn't shy away. He said, hey, yeah, there's some negative vibes, negative connotations, negative perceptions, and we've got to fix that. We've got to fix it slowly and, 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 and do it the right way, but we've got to fix that. That's part of the job we have. So uh, I think the Jags did fix it a little bit with dollars. <laughs> yeah. That's one way to fix it. And... Um, but I think uh, to these guys talking about Doug, and, the, and I said this yesterday on the show, I think I said it a lot of times over the last few years, for whether it's right or wrong, and for whatever reason, um, and like I get the reasoning, but I think there's a lot of value in the Lombardi. There's a lot of value in the Lombardi trophy. And you're like, well, Brent, of course there is. Well, what I mean by that is the amount of respect you get from winning the Lombardi trophy is – is is enormous when they brought malik jackson in here he can't because he made that big play remember made the big play in the super bowl as well fumble recovery i think even that added to it doug peterson brings that to it um you, you might have started this conversation with darius williams bringing that to this organization so uh it carries a lot of weight and a lot of instant respect but when you can do that at the top i think listen i think right away tom coughlin brought that now he wasn't the coach but tom coughlin said these guys looked and said, you know what, we're tired of losing, and this guy knows how to win in 17. Now, it didn't manifest itself very nicely over the course of time, but uh, I think there was, there's an utmost respect for, for that, and um, I think Doug Peterson is, is that guy. By the way, I think, he also, I think people do appreciate genuinely good people, and um, it, it doesn't make you a winner. It doesn't, it, it doesn't mean like, oh, my gosh, I only want to play for you. It doesn't mean a lot of things. But I do think coming off this last few years, and especially last year, I think the people that were already in the building already appreciate that. That means the energy goes up a little bit. They work a little harder, from ticket people to staff people to any people. I think guys like Trevor Lawrence really appreciates that. You know, I think that's what that kid's all about. I think he, they, some of his core values probably didn't mesh with, with a guy like Urban Meyer, for being frank about it. And uh, I think Doug Peterson, I'm not saying they, they are – 
in line, and they have to be in line. But I think just Doug Peterson's a good dude, and I think everybody will tell you that. And I think some of those things matter in all of this as well for even the people that are were already here and lived through last year and trying to turn around, Austin. No, I think when you talk about being an NFL head coach, we get so lost all the time in scheme and X's and O's and um, the proper way to build a culture when the fundamental building block has to be you have to be a people person and you have to know how to relate to people. And, you know, despite the success of Tom Coughlin, that was the Achilles heel of what he was bringing to the table just because I think he got to a point um, where he couldn't really relate to the players anymore or like he wanted to do it the old way and it just it wasn't working, obviously, and there was some blowback uh, of guys in that locker room. And I think you have a guy like Doug Peterson who has been in you know, a couple NFL locker rooms, who has a lot of NFL experience as a player, but then also comes from the Andy Reid coaching tree that I feel like specializes um, in being, you know, p- people pleasers or, or like just, you know, being able to relate to people. So, yeah, I think it's, it's a great combination. You know, I always say this, like, you don't have to be a former player to be a great coach um, or a great coordinator. But it doesn't hurt. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, hey, let me go back. I know you talked a lot about Devontae Adams and less about Murray State, which is a little surprising to me. But uh, I, I, I did ask this question throughout the day. Would you have given up and done what the Raiders did? I understand that, listen, he's going because of Derek Carr. He wants to go play in Vegas. I don't, I don't care about his side of it. I'm asking about what the Jags side of it. Is it worth a player like that? Because i got to be honest with you, Austin, I don't know if it, it is. I, I mean, $28 million at the receiver position, uh, with the way the receiver position is churning out talent each and every draft, I mean, the Jags could basically get two to three players for Devontae Adams and then add in the picks, which would be two more players. You're talking about basically a four-player trade for one player. I know he's fantastic. He, he's the best in the league, you can, you can say. I'm just not sure I would have put that price tag on Devontae Adams uh, if if he was even willing to come here. I mean, what is it? Are you saying would I have gone after Devontae Adams if we didn't go after Zay Jones and Christian Kirk and players like that? Yeah, I think obviously given in the situation in now, right? You, yeah. yeah, you're not going to put like 17 million and then another 8 million and then another 28 million, right? Correct. I'm just asking, just the, the that deal. Just that deal that they did, which was basically, what, like a 22 and a 50-something pick. Uh, so the Jags, given their situation, I'm not going to give up the number one pick, but they would have to give up like 33, 65, and probably something else, like maybe both third-rounders yeah. uh, to, to equalize that draft, uh, that, that trade. And then they have to also go pay him this enormous contract of five years, $140 million, and somewhere in that neighborhood. Would that have been a good move for the Jags if all things were even and, and it was anybody's game? Yeah, I think so. I really? would have that I mean, he's a hall. Of, he's a, he's a potential hall of famer. Yeah, he's arguably the best wide receiver in the league. Yeah, I, I, I would have took a long, hard look at that. And if it comes down to having to restructure him and front load everything, I trust him to do that because I think this is a guy like if you know anything about Devonta Adams, he's not your typical prima donna wide receiver. You know, the the dude works extremely hard. Um, you know, for as good as he is, I feel like he's extremely humble. Like, he reminds me a little bit of, like, the Andre Johnsons, you know, of, uh, yeah, yeah. from Houston. So you, you bring that type of leadership, that type of mentality, and obviously that type of skill set to your team. I'm definitely taking a long, hard look at that. Yeah. Casey, what about you? You willing to give that kind th- that up to get uh, the best receiver in the game for this football team? I'll tell you right now, I'd have gave up the first pick. Really? You don't know what the first pick's going to be. Is he going to be good? Maybe, maybe not. But we know Devontae Adams is good. And I think if you're the Jags, you look at it as 
is Devontae Adams better than what we have? If the answer is yes, you go get him. So, yeah. See, that's why I'm such a big proponent of, like, Las Vegas going to put, was it pick number 22? What, what pick did they have that they gave up? I think it was 22, yeah. 22, yeah. They're, and, and, yeah, nothing's for sure in the draft, but I'm willing to take a giant guess right now. Whoever the Green Bay Packers pick number 22 will not be as good as Devontae Adams is in one, two, or three years. Yeah, that's uh, that's probably fair enough. But with that way of thinking, how good is also number 55? And also these guys together will cost you about $20 million less than Devontae Adams, which gives you room to maybe go acquire other players too. Yeah, I mean, obviously you have a roster right now that does need a lot of players, but also at some point you're going to have to build through the draft and you're going to have to trust the drafting process. And that's been kind of the Achilles heel, and that's why you have to spend so much in free agencies because – the draft has been um, missed the past couple of years. I go after Devontae Adams, and I try my best, and, and that's, that doesn't really give you a lot of confidence. I'm going to try my best here, but like I'm putting my best foot forward and saying, all right, we have to have a great draft class. Let's go forward, and maybe we can get some you know, lower-valued free agents, but I'm definitely taking a, a, at least a, a try at Devontae Adams. Yeah, and uh, it, obviously that thing seemed – that was a shocker last night that that came available. I mean, mm-hmm. that whole situation really played out kind of a uh, very interesting way. I almost get the sense, too, Green Bay was like, well, first of all, they knew he, he obviously wanted to go elsewhere. I think the story was that they offered even more than the Raiders did from a dollar standpoint. But they probably also were like, listen, we're tired of the soap opera the last couple of years. We don't need to do this again with another player. <laughs> let's, I mean, let's I on. guess, but it's just – like the, the the vibe that I get in Green Bay right now are people are frustrated because they know they could have got a lot for Aaron Rodgers if you wanted to play for the future. Yeah, yeah. But by all indications, the Green Bay Packers said, you know what, let's keep Rodgers. Let's go ahead and keep this thing together because we're so close. We're, we're so close um, a couple plays here or there to going back to the Super Bowl. So they said, okay, let's give Aaron Rodgers what he wants. Let's give him that new contract. Um Regardless of how much it is, that's all good. Now, you, you know, Devontae Adams didn't want to be tagged and all that stuff. Well, they end up tagging him. But that move right there signifies, okay, well, then we're playing for the future. But then what you got for him in terms of capital, I mean, okay, it's playing for the future, but how much are you playing for the future? And you're not really playing for the present either. So, you know, there's rumors saying that you're going to go off to DK Metcalf now and it's, it's going to all come to fruition. I don't know about that. All I know is, is that one of your moves in Aaron Rodgers staying indicated that, okay, you're in it to win it right now. A couple of plays over here from going to the Super Bowl. And then you cut the oh, – you don't cut. You trade away your best skill position guy, the guy that was Aaron Rodgers' go-to guy, and that indicates that you're playing for the future. Yeah, it, uh, it's a very, it is a little bit mixed messaging, although I do think they can recover nicely too if they want to uh, in terms of finding weapons for – uh, Aaron Rodgers, he makes everybody else better anyway. So we'll see if um, where it lands for the Green Bay Packers. It's just amazing the news we continue to get out of the NFL. By the way, there are still a lot of big names available in free agency. Uh, I think uh, DJ Moore, by the way, just got uh, extended by Carolina. Good Sam Darnold weapon for Casey's Panthers. There you go, so, Casey. Uh, that will help. Heck yeah. It's good, though, man. He earned it. Like, he's, he's so undersung just because he was on the Panthers last year and their offense was nothing to write home about. But DJ Moore is a great wide receiver. Yeah, he's done a really nice job there. And uh, who'd they bring over? They brought, what's his name over? Robbie, uh, 
Um, Robbie Anderson. Anderson, who did nothing, really, Yeah. Uh, for them coming over from the New York Jets. Could the Jags be in the market for another wide receiver? There was a hint of that this morning, although nothing really happening on that front. And does it make sense? Aiden Hutchinson pro day today. Is it Aiden Hutchinson, Thibodeau, or could we see a different pass rusher join the fray at number one? I ask Austin that as well. NBA Slam poetry a little bit later today. We've got your bracket mess to try to figure out. NCAA tournament off to a good start. And by the way, it'll be on ESPN 690 all night long following our show uh, on this Friday evening and into the weekend. We're home for March Madness right here on ESPN 690. We'll be right back. From your perspective, what do you think happened in Indy? Why? I mean, yeah. why are you not still in Indy? I yeah. guess would be the simple question. It's a great question. It's a great question and completely fair question. And uh, sometimes I wonder the same. Um, to be honest, I, I think, you know, I think it was a year that had highs and lows, uh, ups and downs. The, the the way we finished, the way I finished, was was poor. Was poor, and I think that um, definitely uh, was tough to swallow, um, and tough to finish like that, especially when we thought we had a chance um, to really do something special and make a run, and uh, we just kind of collapsed, and I didn't play good enough, uh, well enough at the end there. That is Carson Wentz, and uh, it's an interesting response. It's such an interesting <laughs> response. Hey, Carson Wentz, we don't need your word salad. All you had to say was, "I lost the Jacksonville Jaguars," <laughs> and that's why I'm here now. At the, the end. Simple as that. Thanks for playing. The end. Uh, could have been done very easily. Carson, why are you here in Washington? Well, I don't know. I went 17 for nine, uh, for 29, one touchdown, one interception, a QBR rating of uh, not that good uh, against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Didn't go to the playoffs, and now I'm here. The end. Um, inter- yeah, that's uh, the end, quickly, just like that. Uh, what the car- quarterback carousel is going to do is, is still up for grabs with Deshaun Watson, how that thing's going to play out. Uh, really got a little quiet on the Deshaun Watson front. I think either late last night or early this morning. I can't keep up Carolina officially out of the mix. So it definitely appears that it's the Saints and uh, the Falcons. And a lot of people leaning toward the Falcons, right? Austin, think that's going to end up in Atlanta? Yeah, I think that's the – I'm not sure like what Vegas has it at right now, but the Falcons seem to be the favorite. By the way, I think that's a good trade in the AFC South to get Deshaun Watson out of the AFC South and put Matt Ryan potentially in Indianapolis. Doesn't scare me that much. I mean, Matt Ryan, nice quarterback. I think at this stage of his career, he's capable. But I'm not sure it scares me if I'm anybody in the AFC South. No, it doesn't. I mean – you know, to me, it's it's the Philip Rivers effect all over again. Yeah, a little bit. Where, realistically, how many years does does Matt Ryan have left in the tank? Now, I say this year in and year out, the Colts don't need a superstar quarterback. They just really need a game manager. Because I think they have the, if the running game can stay healthy, it's one of the best in the NFL. So, I mean, yeah, I get Matt Ryan maybe, you know, past his prime and everything. But if he can even be a guy of what he once was and just be a good game manager, I think the Colts could be a pretty tough opponent. Yeah, they could be. Uh, Jaguars were rumored this morning. I think it was Peter Schrager on NFL Network mentioned the Jags could go after another weapon today. Now, the day's not over. Um, Do you think they're possibly in the market for another receiver? Does that make sense for them uh, at the moment, given what they've already done and given what they have in the draft to potentially acquire more? I mean, what receivers are still available? It would be uh, Smith-Schuster. Valdez-Scantling. Yeah. DJ Moore until 20 minutes ago. Yeah. Um, I don't really – I mean, unless there's a plan to trade somebody. Antonio Brown. 
Antonio Brown, yeah. Well, you might get another shot. I've been calling that. Um, yeah, Brent, uh, to answer the question, I don't think so, unless you plan on tr- you know trading somebody. Well, and that's where my mind went, and, and that's why I think this question has a little bit more substance to it. I, I don't know if they're going to make a move. I, I don't know if it makes sense to make a move. They put $17 million a year into Christian Kirk. They just put, what, $8 million into Zay Jones, and that's a debatable one. They bring in Ingram, who, by the way, is a pass-catching tight end, so that is an added weapon. They've already got $10 million, I think it is, tied up in Marvin Jones. Uh, but it brings you to LaVisca Chenault, doesn't it? Uh, the, if the Jags were to bring in somebody else, I think it would almost be a foregone conclusion that they don't they don't think highly of LaVisca Chenault will try to deal yeah, for sure. And then it begs the question of what kind of capital can LaVisca Chenault give you? Yeah, probably nothing crazy, but yeah. probably maybe, I don't know, fifth six round, round pick. Oh, 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 give me another six rounder. Yeah, cool, because that's all this team another. needs. I want six six rounders. Six six rounders? I like that. But I, here's one thing about this, Austin, that I don't love. If they were to go this way, by the way, just hypothetical talk here. Uh, if. They were to go get another receiver. First of all, I kind of like LaVisca Chenault. Like, I think he has capabilities. I think he's a little different. I like different in your receiving core. I like people who give you different stuff. I wonder about the, the football IQ of a guy like LaVisca. I think he messed up a lot last year from a mental standpoint. That was my observation. I don't know if you'll get anybody in the building to admit it or at least say it publicly. But I didn't like what I saw out there. I, and, and I'll continue to say I think he's the most disappointing player uh, on that roster last season for the Jacksonville Jaguars, really in, in my estimation. But I also think there's upside to him. I kind of like some of the things that he can do. I, I don't mind him being on the roster, and I don't mind the, the prospects of what I can think about in Doug Peterson's offense with a guy like LaVisca Chanel. That being said, I don't think he's bulletproof to, to be dealt. I think he, he's, he certainly could be a guy that they don't think that highly of, and they are saying, hey, maybe a scenery change will do good for you, and uh, you're not going to fit a lot in this offense or this plan because of xyz now the other part about acquiring a receiver is does that then take 33 off the board for potentially a young wide receiver if you go get another free agent wide receiver you're so invested dollars wise if you were to bring in a guy like valdez scantling that would you spend that 33rd overall pick potentially on a wide receiver and quite frankly austin i want them to draft a receiver i think at 33 especially but it's but definitely somewhere maybe even two so they can start grooming this next crop around trevor lawrence uh some of this youthful talent if you will find the next star because even on their their free agents moves yeah we hope christian Kirk can be a star around here, but we don't know. So they are still void of, like, this alpha dog wide receiver that has proven to be that. I think you find that guy at 33 in the draft and then hopefully develop that guy. Yeah, I mean, the hope is that Trevor Lawrence is going to help elevate a bunch of these receivers a la, like, Aaron Rodgers. And, you know, I mean, I I don't know really how to feel about Valdez Scantling, but I'd much rather have a a rookie wide receiver um, even if you were to trade away LaVisca Chenault. Uh, I just think that the boom potential, like, I think we know what we're going to get with Marta, you know, Valdez Scantling. Like, he's probably never going to be a one, especially here. Um, There's always a possibility at pick number 33 that you can get a one receiver, that that, that you can get a go-to receiver. Um, to pair with the Christian Kirk now. So, yeah, I'm definitely looking at the draft more than in free agency. You know, like Smith-Schuster is probably the best available. I mean, you said Antonio Brown, Casey, but we'll see what happens with him. But, like, obviously I think Smith-Schuster right now is probably the best available guy that's left. 
And to me, that doesn't make much sense if you're going to primarily have him in the slot with Christian Kirk. So it's just it's it's way too many mouths to feed in one position. So yeah, I definitely agree of, of getting somebody in the draft. And keep in mind, I'm sure now the way Green Bay is transpiring, they're probably trying to assign Valdez Scantling back there as well. I got a couple yeah. more names if you want them. Hit him, yeah, let's hear him. Julio, Jarvis Landry, mm. third on the list, Will Fuller. Yeah. Third, third on the list. It, just this list. Oh, just, 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 okay. It's yeah, not yeah. like by, okay, skill. Okay, I got you. Yeah, no, I don't think okay. it's by skill, but good, it, good. it might be as you see where I'm Add going. to the card collection. Yeah. We need a Jags card, JK. Uh, Jameson Crowder. Yeah, slot, you know. T.Y. Hilton. Juju. Mm, up there in edge. Cole Beasley. Manuel Sanders. Slot, and Beasley. it gets worse from there. Yeah, so you're not really talking about a lot right now. The guy... Juju Smith-Schuster, obviously, from a name standpoint, from an upside standpoint, I can see, but like you're saying, it, it it's too many miles to feed at one position. I agree with you uh, in that context. Uh, give me the first couple of names you said again. You said Julio, but Julio's probably going to go to Tampa Bay and, and have a resurgence in an all-pro kind of year because that's the way football works. <laughs> that's uh, way works. First couple were, like you said, Julio, Jarvis Landry. Oh, Jarvis Landry. See, now, I still like Jarvis Landry. I, I think Jarvis Same. Landry could be a good player, but, but a, a lot of people don't. He's yeah. the same thing as Smith Schuster. I know. So you get you why does everybody play the slot? Well, I mean, <laughs> to be fair, Smith Schuster has played the, I think he, he's played the outside more than Landry has. Um because I think when Smith Schuster kind of got elevated to that one role, not last year, but a couple of years ago, I think he was more on the outside, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah, I mean, Landry's primarily a slot guy. We're about to change the game here in Jacksonville. We're just gonna run four slot guys out there. Well then you're gonna get well, yeah, you're gonna have all those guys in the slot and get, you know, illegal formations every single player was. <laughs> Because well, there are roles to this game. Okay. <laughs> we, we actually we got pretty good at that over the last couple of years. True. This is true. <laughs> hey, uh, speaking of – see, I – why do I start to feel like this is if you're 31 or 32 years old, you don't fit in Jacksonville? And yet I warn myself, don't do that, Brent, because that's what Jags tried to do back in 2013-14, and they that was a mistake they made, right, not having some of those guys. But – I think of, like, the Julio Jones of the world. I don't think that's a fit at all here in Jacksonville. I even say this about D.C., who Buffalo let go today in Starlo Tulele, and this Jags defense could really use some beef in the middle. Does he do anything for you? Starlo Tulele? Um, He's 32. Yeah, now. but, okay, keep in mind, didn't you just get a guy from New York that's playing the nose tackle? Yeah, but... Because, I, I mean, mean to, to me... Well, I mean, you need more than one, but, like, I feel like Starlo Tulele is going to come with some money... And you probably have to pay him, like, starter money. Because even he was a starter. Yeah. And, like, if you just got um, uh, Fadakasi, who almost yeah. didn't get it, but we got it. <laughs> that was a close one. Well, because, like, it, it, well, it's still, cause then you yeah. got a little con, and, like, they're, like, kind of the same first name, so I get confused. But, yeah, Fadakasi, um, you know, you paid him that money. I don't know. I mean, like, you, you could definitely sign Star, but I just don't know schematically if it would make too much sense. Yeah. And by the way, they do have other players. Like, I mean, they, they we just don't know how they feel about some of these players that weren't under or picked under them, right? Especially from a staff standpoint. That's what really makes it difficult. It's like, how do they feel about Devon Hamilton? Like, I kind of like Devon Hamilton. Yeah. I think there's some upside in Devon Hamilton. I just have no idea if they like him. Um, and so I guess that's what, yeah, you can have too many. And if you're strictly going to just use that two-gap guy like they do, like they look like they're going to do with Fadakasi, your point is is spot on there that, okay, well, where, what are you going to put Latulale on the field? Yeah, right? yeah. Um, and Fadakasi's a young guy who also did well on, uh, seemingly on third downs with all the pressures that he got, too. No, for sure. I mean, if I'm taking a look at anything, to me it's going to be edge rush right now. 
you know, and I'm, I'm not saying a break the bank type of guy like a Darius Smith. I'm just saying maybe a dependable backup. That Carlos you can bring Dunlap in. just got released. Mm, oh yeah. I mean, I still like Justin Houston. Guess he's still out there, huh? Yeah. Wow. And plus, you could definitely rush him from like the three technique too, out of like you know they call them the NASCAR packages, the speed packages. Is any interest at all in bringing Calais back at this stage? We talked about this a little bit. What's this, Casey? I'm, I'm, I'm drawing a blank. Oh, yeah, it was Tuesday. the other day? Tuesday? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, if it came at the right price, for sure. But if you look at the numbers, you know, the, the, they've obviously regressed a little bit. If it made sense financially, why not? But, you know, it's got to make sense financially. Yeah, and he, uh, I think Clay is now 34 years old. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do. If they, if they can bring, uh, you know, I say... But Calais would be – he's going to be on that edge. It just depends how you – again, what they're trying to do with this defense. I think some of these guys will fit better than others, um, of course. That always is the case. Uh, so maybe some veteran pass rush help. Uh, speaking of pass rush help, Aiden Hutchinson uh, had his pro day today. Anything jump off the page at you for Aiden? He didn't get hurt, so that's good. <laughs> yeah, how about that? Because that one guy got hurt. So, um, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think he's – He's done it quickly. He's, he's the number one pick, you know. Um, Thibodeau could be the wild card, depending. I'm not sure when his pro day even. Has he had his pro day yet? Uh, I don't I haven't heard it yet. Depending on how that goes. But no, These I, are I, early pro days, by the way. Like When you get to the March this week pro days, that's early. Georgia just did theirs on Wednesday. No, but to, to me, that, that's the smart way to do it because you get out of the way. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I get like you want to maybe wait till later because you leave like the lasting impression before the draft. But, like, if you're a player, you know, like, you're still prepping for pro day stuff. And, like, prepping for pro day stuff, um, you know, in the weight room, whatever the case may be, it's not the same as getting ready for a regular football season. So, like, I think the sooner you can get out of the way, the better. All right. I want to – I got another question about pass rushers. Aiden, is it just Thibodeau and Aiden Hutchinson, or could somebody else sneak in the mix from the pass rush position that <sighs> the Jaguars State? could be thinking about? <laughs> well, there is Jermaine Johnson. He's good. I mean, he looks really good. And there are others. Yeah. And how about if we even broadened it up and just said defensive line position? These Georgia Bulldogs are so impressive. Could you just go defensive line? Uh, although you just invested free agent-wise, you're probably going pass rusher instead of a Jordan Smith uh, to the earlier point you just made a few minutes ago. Uh, let's take a quick look at that because everybody believes it's Hutchinson, Hutchinson, Hutchinson. I think it's Hutchinson or Thibodeau. But could it be Hutchinson, Thibodeau, or somebody else? We talk more about Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Plus, check in on your brackets as NCAA Tournament Day 2 is underway in college basketball. Based on my experience, he's out of Atlanta. It's really hard to put the genie back in the bottle because if somebody is working for you and you say, well, I need a couple more days, like it's just sending a message that we're moving on. So I think there's two things at play here. One is they know something we don't because you're not going to do that with, again, your franchise quarterback that's been there a long time that took you to the Super Bowl, been a league MVP, not knowing that you have Deshaun Watson in your back pocket or you're taking uh, an unnecessary risk because if he becomes a saint, Matt Ryan, you're talking about a guy that doesn't want to be there. He's getting all the messages that, hey, you're moving on from me, so I'm going to go talk to the Browns. I'm going to go talk to the Colts over the next few days, and I'll make my decision there. So I just don't see a scenario where Matt Ryan's a Falcon. Yeah, I kind of agree there. That's my man Mike Tannenbaum, by the way. And 
I thought that was pretty interesting. And then I think it was Albert Breer who put out, put out the explainer, like, hey, he's going to get paid the roster bonus either way. Mm-hmm. But it's just an interesting read of Matt Ryan and how he handled potentially the pursuit of Deshaun Watson versus how Baker Mayfield handled the pursuit of yeah. Deshaun Watson. Maybe. I mean, wasn't that wild? And by the way, I would think Atlanta owes more to Matt Ryan, a lot more than Cleveland owes to Baker Mayfield. And yet it felt like Matt Ryan took the high road and all that. Now, again, it's not like he said, yeah, go ahead. Uh, don't give me my seven and a half million. <laughs> He'll yeah, still yeah, get yeah. it from some team or the Falcons. But uh, I thought that was kind of a cool thing. And, and probably not surprising all the things you've seen and read and heard all over the years about Matt Ryan. No, for sure. I mean, the, the guy is a true professional. Um, I tell a story many times. Didn't like how he was talking so much smack when we had our joint practices because he was absolutely tearing our defense apart. And I, you couldn't lay a hand on him. He's wearing a red jersey. So that was a super frustrating experience for me. But besides that, yeah, I mean, the, the, the guy is all class. Um, he's, he's, he's a constant professional. And... You know, the thing with Baker Mayfield that he has to understand, like, I under, I get it. You went number one overall, and that does mean something. But it doesn't matter, like, how hurt you play. It doesn't matter, like, how much you bleed, how much you sweat, how much time and effort you put in to try to, you know, help your franchise out. If the performance isn't on the field, it doesn't really matter. You know, like... Uh, and I want to say like Baker Mayfield has come with a sense of entitlement where where you were drafted and what you played through entitles you to be the quarterback for years and years to come. But that's the way he's coming across right now. Yeah, it's just not how it works, man. Yeah. It's not how it works at all. I mean, you can work your butt off. You can do all the right things. And coaches and team leaders and at any level, high school level, other levels, sometimes don't sit there and say, oh, yeah, well, we're giving this guy another shot, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, they have their own methods, their own reasons, they have their own what evaluations, and, and sometimes good business versus bad business, whatever it might be. But I agree with you there. Uh, how about Atlanta, though? They could use Freddie Free, could lose Freddie Freeman and Matt Ryan in the same week. It's wild. Yeah. I mean, those are two good point. pretty I, – like, I don't know where Matt Ryan is iconic-wise in Atlanta. You know, yeah. I'm not trying to like, – Mike Vick was bigger, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, in, in terms of just, yeah, just like the star figure. Yeah. Now, Mike Vick never went to a Super Bowl. Um, oh, I know. Like but Matt Ryan did, but no, I mean, it's it, it, it was the, like, Mike Vick like, changed the way the game was played. Yeah, you know? I just feel, like, I don't feel like Matt Ryan's even, again, I'm not in Atlanta, so I have no idea, but I don't sure. feel like Matt Ryan is even well, as big as Mike Vick was. I'm very curious to see if Matt Ryan does indeed go someplace else of, you know, how the, the PR department of Atlanta treats him. Because if you watch Russell Wilson, how they treated him, yeah, yeah. saying one of the best Seattle Seahawks oh, quarterbacks yeah. of all time. W- w- was Dave Craig mentioned? I mean, what are, what are you talking about? <laughs> yes. I mean, what what kind of disrespect <laughs> are we talking about here? I know. Oh, what's his name? With the Packers uh, got Oh, yeah. Of, wouldn't, you, uh, wouldn't you think of, the, of you know, <laughs> in, in the annals of, of the great Seahawks quarterbacks of Dave Craig and Matt Hasselbeck and, and Matt Flynn? <laughs> Flynn. They're, there they're uh, on the bottom of the list. There, there's Russell Wilson. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, By the way, Dave Craig was a big deal, though. Hey, and you know where he's from, right? I know. You better believe it. I know. In case you know where Craig's from. I always love that you know who he is. Iowa, Scandinavia, Wisconsin, sir. I I appreciate that, but I think I have something a little more pressing. Okay. Uh, Adam Schefter, blue check mark. Deshaun Watson has decided he wants to play for the Cleveland Browns in a stunning change of events. (laughs) No way. Serious? It never stops, Brent. 
Watson has informed the Houston Texans that he is now willing to waive his no-trade clause. It never stops. Shut down the NCAA tournament. Nobody cares anymore. Really? Dang. I don't get it. Now Bacon was justified? (laughs) That is stunning. Wow. Did somebody just – am I seeing $230 million guaranteed? For Deshaun Watson? Uh, hang on Deshaun now. Watson gets a fully guaranteed five-year, $230 million contract, $80 million more than previous record for fully guaranteed money. The deal was uh, negotiated by Mulligan. Oh, That's uh, Jalen's agent as well, by the way. Um, we know that name. Uh, trade compensation will be finalized with the Texans. Watson has made his choice, expected to go to Cleveland. Holy cow, wow. yeah. That's a question. But don't worry, Carolina Panthers fans, you're getting Johnny Hecker, punter. So, that's good. 184 billion. Oh man. I mean, two 230 million guaranteed. <sighs> you know, here, I, I got. I always say this. All right, I, I've got to uh, like. There are some athletes you feel good about when they get contracts and they get all this stuff and they get what they want. And then there are others, in my opinion, that, like, I don't know, it just doesn't sit as well. And Watson, to me, is that guy for me. And I might be wrong, by the way. I, I Maybe it's like, Brent, shut up. But, like, it might be. But in, in my estimation, the way this has played out over the last year, between the legal situations, which there obviously was something of some kind going on. Now, True. it might not have been criminal matter. It may still be civil matter which has allowed him to then go play football, pursue another team. And we don't know what it is, but when you ha- there was something happening in some way, shape, or form that just didn't feel right, legal or not legal. Um, and, and then just this whole, like, I'm taking my ball and going home with Houston because he wants out of it. Now, Houston made their own bed in a lot of respects. And then that guy, with all that that goes on, goes and signs the richest deal in NFL history and controls the NFL and ho- keeps it hostage for the last five days on where he's going. Sure, but okay. Like, but, it just doesn't uh, yeah. feel right to me. Okay, yeah. I mean, but let's let's keep this all in perspective, though. And now, obviously, the allegations are one thing. And, you know, those may play out in civil court, and we'll see what happens there. You know, you, you got to remember that. But, like, I seem to remember Mr. Captain America, Mr. Good Guy himself, J.J. Watt, walking off the field and saying, sorry, wasted your year. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and then when J.J. Watt takes it upon himself, once again, Captain America and says, hey, I don't want to be here anymore, I think that's kind of telling exactly of what kind of culture and what kind of setup the Houston Texans had. So, I, I, I mean, I get what you're saying, where could he have handled this maybe a little better? Yeah, more than likely for sure. But, like, I don't think we've even heard half the things that went, went on in those Houston locker rooms in terms of the culture and just in terms of how, you know, fed up players were. I mean, DeAndre Hopkins spoke about it a little bit, but then kind of chose to take the high road with Bill O'Brien. J.J. Watt asked out. I mean, those are two star players, I think, that are kind of respected amongst their peers in terms of good guys. Yeah. And they both left. So I believe them more of, of what their takes are than, you know, maybe what Deshaun Watson's showing and how he's handling this free agency period. Yeah, that's fair. And we see the public side of this one play out. And then the, the whole thing over the legal part of it, the whole last year, threw a little wrench into how we maybe perceive and what we think. And we do we are a guilty, you know, before proven innocent <laughs> kind yeah. of uh, um, society, if I said that right. Uh, but you get what I'm saying. And so here's what else. Here's what's crazy. This is what's crazy about sports. This is supply and demand, though. This is when you do something that not a lot of people can do. When you play at a high level, like, you get to control. 
He sat out last year, and he's getting a $12 million raise for the next four years. Love it. And, and by the Love way, this it. wasn't off like a rookie deal. This was a deal that he already had made like $136 million on or was going to. And he, and he got a $12 million raise on top of that for doing zero last year. Get your money, man. I'm, I'm excited. I don't know him. I've never met like, the guy in my entire life. Like, by the way, like, people can get mad at the Jags for resetting the wide receiver market with Christian Kirk. Mm-hmm. I mean, Cleveland Browns just did something crazy. Yeah. You That's... know, from a contractual standpoint. They did something absolutely nuts. But but here's the thing, though. I mean, yeah, they did something absolutely nuts in terms of the money offered. But, Brent, you, you know those Cleveland fans right now are ecstatic. This is oh. like this is like LeBron James coming back to Cleveland. Like, yeah. They're, they're, they're excited, man, because, like, we, we, we forget. Like, they were a couple of years ago, they're supposed to be contenders. Yeah, yeah, just two years ago. And then it shows, like, okay, maybe you're a quarterback away from being a contender. And now you get, and now you get hopefully, the said quarterback. So like, by the way, the Texans, excited. Yeah, the Texans here will be acquiring three first-round picks and two additional picks on day two or three from the Browns for Watson. Five total picks, three first-rounders from the Cleveland Browns, and then they pay $230 million. And then in another move, they're busy in the Cleveland front office because Austin Hooper just got traded to the Titans. Oh, no, no, wait. That must be, was he a free agent? Uh, they were going to yeah, cut well, him. No, yeah, they, they, they released him, I believe. Oh, they released him, yeah. my bad. Okay. No, he's going to the Titans? He's going to the Titans, so he wasn't right. traded. He was, um, it's just a one-year deal with the Titans. Awesome. Yeah. So, one-year deal, six million bucks. Take a flyer. Six million bucks for Austin Hooper? That's yeah. it? What did Ingram get? One for nine. Hey. Yeah. Get, hey, bring him in. I know. Uh, we're way against so it. Let's come back. We talk more about the Watson situation and uh, what's Baker Mayfield going to write tonight? <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690 With the McDonald's app You can get your favorite thing Delivered to your door So if you were looking for a reason To skip washing those dishes You left in the sink Consider this a sign Ba-da-ba-ba-ba Right now, get $0 delivery fee with any purchase of $15 or more, only in the app. At participating McDonald's, minimum purchase excludes tax and service fees. Delivery prices may be higher than in restaurants. Other fees may apply. Not valid with any other offer, discount, or coupon.